This is Eric Dame of ConnectingVets.com. Listen to Eye on Veterans every Saturday morning at 6 on 99.7 and 14.50 WHTC. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Wednesday, January 3rd. Twenty twenty four is an election year as Michigan will vote on a new U.S. Senator to become the junior senator from the state of Michigan in what some call the most exclusive club in the world. Debbie Stabenow is stepping down after four six year terms as a U.S. Senator and one of the persons would like to replace her in the U.S. Senate is former Republican Congressman Mike Rogers, who's on the other end of our phone line this morning. Mike, good morning, and welcome to WHTC. Well, thanks for having me. It's good to be on. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you and your family as well. And if you have a question for the candidate, Mike will be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Long-time listeners of this broadcaster and of the station know of Mike Rogers through his work working alongside the longtime Holland Congressman Pete Hookstrup. Uh, very similar backgrounds, uh, similar goals, and to a certain extent, uh, you and Pete worked pretty much hand in glove during your time as a U.S. Congressman. We did. Uh, Pete was the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, and I was a, a member for for multiple years uh, on the committee until he decided to go to go off and do something else. So we've had a, a long relationship. He was there the entire time I was in Congress, which was uh, uh, great to work with him. He was a, a very good, impactful member of Congress. Uh, he has uh, certainly. Uh, maintain a leadership role uh, uh, even after his time uh, uh, in the U.S. House. So, Mike, a little bit about yourself. You uh, were in Congress. You stepped away from Congress, stepped away from Michigan for a while back in this state. Uh, What drew you to make a run for the U.S. Senate? Yeah, and I left Congress I, all on my own. Nobody pushed us out. Nobody uh, told us it's time to leave, and, uh, and certainly the voters were eager to have me run again. Uh, and we just decided that, you know, this is one of those jobs, if you stay in it too long in the U.S. Congress, you uh, it affects the way you think, and that's probably not healthy. So I always believed that uh, you serve, you you go out in the private sector, and if you're so inclined, serve again, or, or just continue to be in the private sector, which is what I thought I was going to do. Uh, after uh, 14 years, I, I stepped aside. Uh, and one day my wife and I woke up and said, man, everything is broken. Everything looks broken. When we have a national debt that is going to crush our ability uh, to get loan rates down, uh, inflation is eating a huge part of your check every day. The border is absolutely out of control. Our military is not being prepped uh, and ready if we have a foreign adversary that decides they want to do something bad to the United States or our allies around the world. And so we have all of these big challenges. And the, the last one, by the way, uh, which we, my wife and I have spent time in and, and uh, helped the nonprofits try to get fix this, 
We have a, a, a literacy epidemic in America. I mean, China is teaching its eighth graders quantum mechanics. Uh, and last year, over uh, you know, 55% of high school seniors could not read at the sixth grade level. I mean, you start thinking about what problems and challenges that's going to present to the United States and our opportunity to be a prosperous, independent nation. Uh, and it, I just think you have to have somebody that can walk in on the very first day and get to work on these big problems. So what can one man, what can one senator do? Well, build coalitions, number one. And so one thing that I have done is I've reached out and talked to senators that I knew that I either served in the House with or or got to know subsequently and said, hey, I mean, I have no, no potted plant here. I'm not, I have no interest in doing this. My wife and I had a pretty good life, and we didn't need to do this. I will go back if we can actually make an impact. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, they are waiting for another adult in the room. And to me, that's going to be critical to get this done. Uh, and, and people say things like, well, you can't do anything about the budget and the deficit. That's just simply not true. When I was chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, I had a budget of $78 billion. Uh, at the height of Iraq and Afghanistan, I was able to cut almost 10%, $7.5 billion out of that budget. I didn't cut muscle or bone. Uh, but it can be done, and it has to be done. And there are folks, and that shows that if you're willing to put the right coalition together, you can actually accomplish these conservative things, uh, even when it was still divisive when I was there. But, again, it's, it's, America is really, really divided. So you've got to be able to build coalitions to get these things done, or our families are going to continue to pay a price. If you got a question for U.S. Senate candidate Mike Rogers, 616-395-1450, Some might say trying to build coalitions is almost impossible in this day and age because if you reach out to the other side to build a coalition, some within your own party will see you, in the case of a Mike Rogers, as a rhino. Others would say that, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're cottoning up to the, uh, to the opposition. It is very much a polarized political situation. How do you try to get coalitions done when we do have, you know, people that will automatically not even think about working on uh, with the other side of the aisle? Well, and a coalition can be within party and across the aisle, but uh, as the only proven conservative in the race that's actually accomplished things that we all talk that we want to do, including cutting spending, uh, including trying to get after big government growth and, and uh, the expansion of government in a way that I think is really harmful to the average working family in Michigan. Uh, you know, those, those charges are going to get flung around. Uh, what you do is you put a coalition around the kind of thing you want to accomplish. You want less spending, you build that coalition. You want to rebuild uh, Michigan's arsenal of democracy, which I think we should be back in that business of protecting the United States and building it in the great state of Michigan, uh, then you put that coalition together, and it might look very different. It could be a coalition of Texas House members, for goodness sakes. It doesn't matter. When you say coalition, it doesn't always mean you have to give away your principles. It means you have to be successful. And for the problem for so long is the place is dysfunctional. It isn't moving the ball on anything. I mean, the largest person, who, the loudest person who says, I'm the most liberal or the most conservative, that's all wonderful. 
but are you getting something done? And as I said, there's only one proven conservative in the race that's actually done the things that we talked about. And the one way I did it is build a coalition uh, within our party. And I found a few Democrats who were willing to to uh, work with us because they understood that why we had to cut spending, why we had to get right size the intelligence community. And uh, that's how it, you, you do it. And so I think those terms and pejoratives are. You know, certainly easy flung around, but they don't make much sense if you actually want to, A, win, and B, make an impact. If we don't, I don't think we have a lot of time uh, in this country. I think we are so far off track and heading down that train track. There are so many big issues we better get done, uh, and I'll work with anybody to get them done. I won't sacrifice my principles or the direction or my conservative values, uh, but I will get it done. Do you get a sense that Michigan has not been represented fully in the U.S. Senate for the past quarter of a century, ever since Spence Abraham was defeated in the year 2000 by a first-term Democrat by the name of Debbie Stabenow? Uh, I don't. We just haven't had a good shot at this. If you think about all the things that have happened in the state, I mean, mass migration out of the state. I mean, the uh, the very fact that you have two people who think exactly the same sitting in the room talking about what what's the right way forward for Michigan. You know, my dad, I'm the youngest of five boys. My dad was a tech sergeant in the Korean War and uh, in the Air Force and a vice principal and a football coach and a shop teacher. And uh, he would talk to us in the evening and he would say, listen, if we're all uh, thinking the same way, somebody in here ain't thinking. We have had two people who think exactly the same and have watched the state lose its prowess on the national stage when it comes to actually building things that could protect America and our manufacturing base that is good not only for the state and good-paying jobs for our Michigan families. I mean, you just look at it, it's hard to argue that they're doing well. And by the way, our education system is an absolute disaster. I think we're down to like 45 in the country now in Michigan disaster. What are you doing? Crime has gone up about 50% increase in uh, car thefts. We have eight of the top 50 most violent cities in the United States. Eight. By the way, I've got a plan for that, which is why the Police Officers Association of Michigan and a couple of dozen sheriffs uh, have endorsed me. I'm going to get them off the list. We're going to go after this problem. Uh, We're going to be a good partner to our local law enforcement folks to get this done. None of that's happening. And so it's pretty hard to argue that having two senators of the same stripe thinking the same way, making the same bad decisions for the last quarter century is the right direction for the state. I just don't believe it. And I don't think Michiganders believe it either. You are not the only person who is seeking the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate race in November, the uh, primary in August. Because there are a number of candidates in the field and there isn't no clear-cut leader right now uh, uh, in the race, um, does that help? Does that hurt? Um, How can you get a united effort to make a Republican effort for U.S. Senate when right now there's a lot of candidates vying for that spot? Well, being a candidate doesn't mean a leader. I, I would dispute the point that there isn't a, a clear leader. And that, that clear leader is us. We are ahead in all our internal polling. We are the one that can beat the Democrat, which, by the way, is the most important part of this whole endeavor. Uh, the primary is nice and all, 
but the the, the way we take back the state and the the uh, United States Senate uh, is by t- winning the state of Michigan for working families and finally having a representative from Michigan to Washington. And that clear leader is us. I mean, that polling is, is pretty clear on all of that. And so I think what we're seeing is this coalition starting to build uh, around our candidacy. We're the only one that has already finished our 30,000 signatures to get on the ballot. Nobody's done that. Uh, we're the only one that are picking up really critical and key endorsements uh, from uh, from law enforcement. And crime is going to be an issue that has a border plan, that has a plan to, to get after uh, a literacy problem in the United States, uh, including here in Michigan, uh, and uh, in a way to modernize government. We have got to shrink the size and scope of government or that weight will crush an average working family. And we, so we've got plans to do all of that. Uh, and we're the only ones that can walk in on the very first day and get busy. And the second part of this, there's no one with this kind of national, uh, uh, you know, national security experience that I do in a world that is getting a lot more dangerous and a lot more complicated. You're going to want, and Michigan certainly has indicated to us, that they want somebody who has my experience to walk in the door uh, and get started right away to make sure that America is safe and not entangled in the Middle East or other places that where we shouldn't be. And so, uh, I, again, I, I'm not sure what you're reading, uh, but that it is pretty clear to us that we are the front runner, which is why all of those folks are, are throwing rocks. And, oh, by the way, so are the Democrats throwing rocks at us. And so we look at that as a badge of honor, and we're going to keep going. Again, I think you all the cans you see won't be on the ballot by the time uh, filing comes along. Uh, and, uh, again, I think that's, that will gel the, this thing. And by then we'll have a whole bunch of stuff locked up, uh, around the state. And we're pretty excited about it. How much does the state Republican party situation affect your candidacy? Listen, I, I hope the party comes back. We had one of the most premier uh, functioning, uh, Republican parties in the country. Uh, and by the way, when we did, we actually won races and that's a healthy thing. Well, what I found is uh, that many states don't have a full-functioning Republican Party. Uh, and so the candidates who, are, uh, who can build around that, I think, are going to be important. Uh, you know, are, are the ones that uh, understand how to build that infrastructure is going to be really important. We're putting that infrastructure together now. I hope the party gets its act together. It would be great. Uh, and, and get refocused on the fact that we're supposed to win elections so that we can stop the nonsense, both in Lansing, Michigan, and and uh, Washington, D.C. Um, but, you know, we're going to do what we need to do to get across that finish line. By the way, we're going to help other candidates get there as well, and that's really important to me uh, that uh, that we use this as a, an opportunity to build, rebuild uh, this notion about getting people elected as an important function of the party apparatus. One final question, Mike Rogers, and it's uh, one involving a current story that we have here. Uh U.S. Republican lawmakers will be visiting the southern border in Texas today. House Speaker Mike Johnson will lead a group of about 60 in their visit to Eagle Pass. And the trip comes amid efforts, stepped-up efforts from House Republicans to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. You've touched upon the border situation as one of the platforms that you are running on Uh can anything be done right now, or basically do we have to wait for a possible leadership change before something really gets done on the southern border? 
they need to continue, the Republicans in Washington, D.C., to put pressure on this issue. If they did a remain in Mexico policy like Donald Trump did in his presidency, this problem would start to trickle uh, almost immediately. They have The Democrats and Biden and his allies in Congress have thrown open the borders, and it is a disaster. Uh, not only from crime, you saw the, the criminal gangs operating in Oakland County doing high-end home invasions. They have very sophisticated electronics to jam signals and other things. Guess what? They came across the southern border uh, purposely to commit crimes in the United States. Fentanyl killed 3,000 Michigan citizens. It's going to cost just this year, or last year, 2023, $450 billion just to take care and house and feed uh, these illegal immigrants. That's enough money to pay for every Michigan teacher and every Michigan state trooper for 15 years. I mean, this is ridiculous, and it's getting worse. The people are coming up like crazy. Why? Because there is no border, and that's dangerous for a whole bunch of reasons. So they need to continue to put pressure on to get a Remain in Mexico policy. Uh, We need to allow the Customs and Border Patrol to go to a fully developed uh, wall, uh, electronic deterrence, uh, as well as, uh, uh, you know, kind of a sophisticated 21st century border which allows them to be very effective with, you know, a few more people. Uh, and so we, it was, we, these are things that they can get, try to push to get done. They should continue to get done. And the American people, I'm telling you, are going to pay. The, the Democrats are paying a big price for this. It's amazing that they just kind of stare at their feet when you talk about the crisis at the border. that's causing problems up in Michigan as well. So, yeah, they should go down. They should continue to draw attention. I hope they get a broader media attention to this. Um, You know, it's an Army-Navy game that was up in, I think it was Delaware this year, or Rhode Island, excuse me. Uh, They they were not allowed. These are veterans who served their country going up to see the Army-Navy game. What a wonderful, great tradition. Couldn't get hotel rooms. And you know why they couldn't get hotel rooms? Because they were full of illegal immigrants paid for by taxpayer money. I mean, you can't even make this up. I mean, this is ridiculous, and, and there, there is no end in sight to this. So if they impeach Mayorkas, that might be the first way to send a signal. We, we will not, we will not, as members of Congress and the United States Senate, put up with absolutely no national security concerns on our southern border. And the last bit of this, Biden administration has just lowered the standards for vetting for adult-age male Chinese citizens coming across the border in Mexico. Now, if, you, if anyone has paid attention to what the Chinese have been doing around the world, including cyber-wise, attacking our Pacific uh, Command uh, infrastructure like water and sewer and electric or trying to infiltrate it so they could turn it off when they wanted, and it's pretty dangerous stuff. And here they are, lowering the standard. It, none of this makes logical sense. And I, I hope voters are sitting up paying attention to this because we've got to get this fixed yesterday. Mike Rogers, the Republican hopeful for the U.S. Senate, joining us this morning. Mike, I want to thank you very much for your time and to answer some of our questions. Look forward to chatting with you again uh, ahead of the August primary and uh, have you on to uh, talk about some of the issues and then where you stand on these issues. Mike, thank you very much. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much, Mike Rogers, uh, 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.